The following audio recording is intended for business people. It contains mature concepts and adult themes and language. It is not recommended for children. Hi there. Are you already successful in business? Past the startup and into phase two? Already have regular clients and not worried about revenues? Maybe other things worry you. Like what's the medium to long-term future? Which is the shortest way forward that translates to money? Or do you wish you had help with business strategy, innovation, or future-proofing? If you're interested in spending some time with a business person who has executed and implemented almost all of the things you're about to hear, resulting in annual company revenue of $7.2 million a year, then you can relax your mind. Your ears are on the right Business Bits podcast. Get comfortable and please create an environment for success for yourself and turn off any distractions. Welcome to the Business Bits podcast by Nikki Christensen. Hi, welcome to Business Bits. I am Nikki Christensen and I'm coming to you from the Melbourne Business School of the invitation of Westpac and their businesses of tomorrow, which uh, we won. We're part of the top 200. So I'm really enjoying my time coming down to a formal business learning environment and listening to some of Australia's greatest minds. Today was day one and I want to share with you a summary of what happened today because it would be really interesting for business people and I'm loving it. I'm nerding out on today. The day started with Bernard Salt. The day's focus was what has got you and your business here. So today was looking at what are the things that we've done so far in our journey and in our wins in our business. Bernard gave a talk that was titled How Continued Business Success Involves Reinvention, Change and Transformation. Now you may know Bernard Salt from the Australian column. He's also the Managing Director of the Demographics Group. Bernard raised a very interesting point that as Australians, we really aren't that innovative. Australia needs to learn how to scale up and support business. You see, if you look at the top 10 businesses in America, there are some very young companies there that have some really huge turnover figures. Apple, 1976, Amazon in 1994, Google, 1988, Microsoft, 1975. So if you look at those companies, that's when they were founded. If you go to Australia's top performing companies, the top 10, we're a lot older. We've got West Farmers in 1914, we've got CSL in 1916, Commonwealth Bank 1911, and then Macquarie Group in 1970. The point of why is that was a very interesting one because if you asked me prior to this talk by Bernard, I would say that Australians outperform Americans when it comes to technology and market innovation. But lasting innovation, it looks like our American counterparts have it over us. Now, why is that? Maybe part of that is because business is not really that celebrated in Australia. Bernard highlighted that there's been no Australian of the Year in three decades that has come out of the business community. So when you look at the tall poppy syndrome, really people who run businesses are not celebrated in Australia. In fact, we're still vilified by half of the government and the voters because bosses and employers are demonised as people that strip out value and just flog people, which is just not right and not fair. Bernard also touched on things of notions of why our economy is travelling the way that it is and actually challenged and said, is Australia an accommodating country? and society. And he highlighted that 
in Melbourne, 36% of people that live there were born outside of Australia. In Sydney, it's 39% and Brisbane, it's 28%. So the argument that we're not tolerant and not malleable is just simply wrong because we have the largest proportion of people born outside of the country that they now live in. The only other place on earth that has more people living somewhere that weren't born there was in Toronto. 49% of people were born outside of Canada. Now, when you consider New York, 29% of people in New York were born outside of America. It just shows that as a percentage, our numbers really stack up. So we should be very accommodating and multiculturally focused. When Bernard looked at future industries and what was going to boom, part of that talk started with who's coming and spending through tourism. And we, when we assess China, China is within an eight-hour flight from Australia and they have at least 12 cities that have direct flights into Australia as we sit right now into the Gold Coast. So people that earn money in China need somewhere to go on a holiday and guess what? Australia is perfect for that. So part of our export, which is not exporting out, but the world seeing it and coming in, is really our lifestyle. We're good at it and billionaires will seek it, which is fantastic. Bernard also touched on census results for religion and Between 2011 and 2016, there was a 45% increase in people that identified with no religion, taking the number to 6.9 million. And when he talked about that, he said, look, the heartland doesn't trust churches anymore, largely because of the um, inquiries that have gone on into child sex. So really, middle Australia is disconnected with institutions and with government. So the key to take out of this point was that as businesses to connect We need to go tribal, we need to go local, we need to go familiarial and we need to go into transparent and to do the marketing from that point of view and that will engage them. So I just love how Bernard's minds work because minds, mind works, sorry, uh, because the way that he looks at it and then pieces it back together, it's just such a unique take and that's something I can take away into my business. When you look at population growth in cities, the same thing and what drives expenditure, Sydney added 107,000 people to the city in the year, Melbourne 129,000, Brisbane 50,000, and then years prior, Sydney was 94, it's gone 107, Melbourne was 128, it's gone to 129, Brisbane was 44,000, it's now gone to 50,000. So population growth is good across the three majors. So with population growth comes opportunity, and opportunity comes in every form, from the baristas that make the coffees to the financial analysts that work in the high-rises in the finance markets, etc. So he touched on what sort of careers will be in demand and flourishing and what's the space that people should go into. You see, population trends drive household spending and makeup. So if we understand what motivates people, we'll understand what's happening in our economy. Now, just as a side note, we haven't had a recession since 1993, which is 25 years of no recession. And the last time that happened was in 1860 to 1890. So we're in a very, very prosperous time. Remember, before 93, unemployment was at 12%. And in Australia right now, we're going sub sixes. I think it was five and a half percent was the last official rate that I heard. Bernard talked about the differences in housing, about how we presented our wealth to friends and family and what we actually did in our homes. Now, of course, in the past, people would have uh, silverware. The new silverware and silver trolley is pillows. There was a great roar of laughter around the room because now the sign of 
opulence and affluence in Australia seems to be the number of pillows you have on your bed. How many pillows have you got on your bed? I think at last count, I had eight pillows on my bed. And as my wife says, they are very, very needed. Bernard highlighted that that's just an external indicator of wealth and that's how we choose to adorn our houses and show wealth now, which is not only funny but true. Um, When you look at what we did in the 50s as a peoples to show affluence and then what we're doing now in the current time frame, it's something I'd not considered given my age. I'm only 42 but I was born in 1976. When you look at jobs growth in Australia, the ratio is really good. Jobs created to jobs lost It's 12 to 1 in Australia, whereas America is only 6 to 1 and Germany is 3 to 1. So all the doom and gloom talk about employment being a low trajectory is just simply incorrect. There were a lot more jobs created in the system versus lost. Social assistance is a hugely fast-growing field. Things like healthcare, construction, professional and and science, technological, education and training. These are the fastest growing industries, whereas if you're in wholesaling, which I am in my other core business, or manufacturing, you're in trouble because you're in decline. So the notion of reinventing yourself to meet the new world and what it needs, looking at hospitality, looking at inbound travel from large economies like China and India, and then also Um, what are the top jobs? The top jobs in Australia's economy, uh, one to 10, sales assistant, aged care, chef, domestic cleaner, kitchen hand, construction manager, an EN, and at eight, an RN, so enrolled nurse and registered nurse, nine, childcare, and number 10, a barista. So they are the top booming jobs. Now, obviously, depending on what psych you're in employment would depend on what job you can do to sustain your lifestyle. But the reason to highlight that is given the population growth in the large cities, they would then need the services that go along with it. So if you're looking at one industry to get into, that should give you a good snapshot if you want to upskill or change industry. The notion of where you start doesn't mean where you end is interesting. So you can start, say, as a barista, but then you can evolve into something else. So The talk of evolution in a job role was very, very interesting. Uh, Bernard did some other graphs and talked about the cycle of business ownership and as it moves through life, which was incredibly interesting. He also came up with a new term, something called lifestyle age. Lifestyle age pegs somewhere between the age of 52 and 65, where people now of that age are able to have more of a lifestyle which means they'll go on more cruises, they will nest, so they won't downsize the house, they will renovate. So, again, a boom in um, kitchens and home uh, fittings, et cetera. That's why, like, Harvey Norman and Bunnings and things are going gangbusters. So there's really a new demographic of spender from about 52 years up until 65. So there's a whole other new demographic that will spend a lot of money. If you can cater for them, you'll be able to take part in that gold rush. Bernard talks a lot about that tall poppy syndrome in business and it needs to be shifted. He feels we really need a role model on how that can be done. We need to celebrate business people and entrepreneurs. We need to admire people who are brave enough to start a business. And really, we are the third richest peoples on earth being Australian. 
the safety and security and the lifestyle that we have that we take for granted also makes us incredibly skeptical and complacent and that's our achilles heel so he says remember to admire people who start something um, and we really should inspire the rest of australia along the way as entrepreneurs he says liberate yourself and reinvent yourself and make sure that you can evolve. And he goes, people that provide employment transition solutions will be gangbusters because there are people that need to upskill. Like you've got um, fitters and turners and welders, their jobs are gone in manufacturing, but they can upskill into something else. That was another session with Nikki Christensen and the Business Bits podcast. In case you were wondering, it's called Business Bits by Nikki Christensen because it's business served up in bits. Take away what you want and leave behind the bits you don't. The key is implement what you've learned straight away. If you want more, go to NikkiChristensen.com. It's also where you can get your limited edition Nikki Christensen wristbands. So until next time, remember what Nikki always says, version one is better than version none.